Welcome to the Relationship Road Trip, navigating the twists and turns of all the important relationships in your life. I am Ben Azevedo, your backseat driver, your trusty confidant, and your railroad conductor. I'm Dr. Don Fernando Azevedo, clinical psychologist, executive coach, and voiceover artist, your navigator. And I'm Kim Azevedo, licensed marriage and family therapist, your mechanic. Listeners, you're behind the wheel, and I would recommend slowing down for these railroad crossings. Today's quote is by Maggie Reyes. True love isn't found, it's built. One day, one kiss, one conversation at a time. If you joined us last week, we continued our conflict arc with workplace conflicts and a variety of ways to address them and even use them to improve your work. This week, we're coming back home to significant others. Certainly, conflict in romantic relationships and significant other partnerships is a common theme in y'all's work, right? Yes. A bread and butter situation, I would guess. What's the cause of all this conflict? Why are we fighting? Why are we fighting with our loved ones? Often we get into fights because we have the will to prevail. I want to win. It's my point of view. It's right. What's wrong with that? See, my point of view is (laughs) that we just don't communicate. We don't need to communicate because what I tell you to do is what you should do. But I need to communicate with you. Yeah. So... Another source of this is that we forget that the needs of the other person are as important as our own. And that's are they? Yes. If you want a short relationship, make them less important. <laughs> if you want a long, loving relationship that lasts well into eternity, then care about their needs as much as you care about your own needs. That's a long time. Oh, I don't know if I'm eternity. ready for that. You never know. What about something in between? A lifetime. <laughs> Just the one lifetime, please. A lifetime is good enough. Another source of conflict is hidden expectations, not letting your partner know what it is you really want or need, and then being mad at them because they don't give you that. <laughs> Unclear or conflicting goals, that will cause a lot of conflict. The desire to please the other person at the expense of your own needs. Now, you would think that this would reduce conflict, and it does for a short period of time until the person who has been suppressing their own needs Builds reaches a threshold. Yeah. And resentment when it explodes. It's bad. (laughs) It is bad. And it takes out everything in front of it. It's uh, it's like a Claymore mine. Uh, The the conflicting goals one is interesting. I feel like, I don't know, that's one of those like difficult conversations you have to have at that point in a relationship when it gets serious enough that this person might be a long-term partner, whether that is a lifetime or multiple eternities or however, maybe you're some sort of alien that lives forever. But That's never an easy conversation, even if you do have good communication skills, figuring out the big questions, right? What are our careers? Where are we going to live? What are we going to do with our extended families? Do we want kids? Do we want a dog? Do we want a house? All of the stuff that you end up doing together. And you got to have a lot of clarity on your own part first. Like it says unclear and conflicting goals. If you don't know what you want, you can't bring that to the partnership either. Yeah. A A lot of conflict there. Right. Internal conflict and external conflict. Well, so one of the things you'll notice is in this list that we're talking about, there are no topics of conflict. The topics of conflict can be many and varied. There are some that are more common across relationships, and we can talk about the top five if you want. But it's not the topic that's important. 
What is important is the underlying motivation to engage in conflict. And that's what these first ones are. I do want to know what the five most common topics of conflict are. You should take a guess. I'm guessing it's some of the stuff I just mentioned, actually. Kids, money, careers, family. Extended family. If you say extended family, family. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what I mean. Probably not dogs. I don't know. What would be the fifth one? Sex. Oh, wow. (laughs) I don't talk about that on this podcast. (laughs) Sex is one of the big ones in terms of frequency, how to keep it fresh and alive. Also just intimacy in general and keeping intimacy within the relationship. People disagree as to what that is. Did we do episodes on that? I'm losing track. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Okay. Well, the motivation to engage in conflict is important because you can lose the feeling of you and me kid against the world. And that's what you want in a marriage. Is the, the two of us. <laughs> Sorry. Ben's face was priceless. No, it's right. a quote. I get it. But the kid here is your partner, not your kid, which on right. this podcast is a little confusing because All right. we also talk about kid conflict. That's true. And it's a line from a movie. But it's that whole idea of I've got your back and you've got my back. Our needs are equally important. We will solve this problem, not I will or you will. I think we talked about way long ago on the show being on the same side of the table. Even if you don't agree, you're trying to figure out how to resolve something, approaching it as a team rather than as opposition. Mm -hmm. Yep. We (laughs) talked about it a little bit last week, but I think it's maybe a little bit different in this kind of relationship as opposed to a work relationship or something that's not as emotionally deep. How do you know when you're in a conflict and what is that difference? How is it different than other conflicts we've talked about? Some of it is the same, unsurprising. Many conflicts have the the same emotions behind them. It differs in romantic or intimate partnerships in that at some point, someone recognizes their needs are not going to get met. It'll start as a conversation and then the emotions build and it starts to become that competition, which in most conflicts, when you're with someone that you love and trust and feel close with, the emotions are almost easier to express because you don't have to be corporate and professional, if that makes sense. The emotions are easier to express, but I think there's some benefit to being corporate and professional because it keeps, hopefully keeps you a little bit more in the like respectful area. But in many... Whereas in a personal relationship, you're more able and willing to just... Let it go. Throw out all those emotions. The the kitchen sink (laughs) style. And get messy. And it gets messy. So that's one of the major differences is typically you feel comfortable enough to let those emotions get to a point where it's really becoming a bigger conflict. There are common patterns to conflicts. So defensiveness, argumentativeness, confrontation, and attacking. That's how it scales up. It'll start as defensiveness and then move up through to an attack. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you might notice is that you or the other person are getting defensive. So that's the, I didn't mean that, or you don't understand That's kind of the defensive. That's a bit. (laughs) You just don't understand. And there's a really easy sidestep there, which is help me understand. 
Yes. Boss's favorite <laughs> I phrase. I cringe every I time it. I use it because uh, it is very useful. And yet it's so effective. <laughs> so that is a really good de-escalation technique. But that first thing that you're going to notice is defensiveness. Taking three deep breaths helps physiologically self-soothe. We've talked about that in the past. When you are attempting to de-escalate a conflict, so you notice it, your partner or the other person starts doing the you don't understand and you're not listening to me and the, I didn't mean it like that. You don't get it. All of them are, you don't understand. And the underlying message is, you don't care about me. So that being said, when you're working to de-escalate this, listen to understand. Listening to understand means setting aside your point of view about the topic in order to listen carefully to your partner's point of view. Allow yourself to take it seriously, even if you disagree. You're angling for honor and respect towards your partner. Yeah, it'd be even very bad if you listen sarcastically. Oh, yes. That's actually worse. (laughs) Yeah. Worse than being silent or not listening at all. So you're listening carefully with honor and respect. You want to reflect back what you've heard so that you can demonstrate that you're understanding. You can guess at emotions and then clarify, is that really what you're feeling or... I'm hearing anger. Are you really angry? This is loving and caring approach. Then you want to discern your partner's needs. Your partner might have a point of view that represents or shares your thoughts. Correct them gently if your partner thinks that their needs are different than yours. Again, we're looking for from the same side of the table as Ben said earlier. Asking gentle and curious questions and then talking about why you thought their need was different. I mean, I'm a little confused about which partner is which here, but it seems like you're going to have to be pretty calm to do all of this. That's why you take the three breaths is to slow down. I'm going to need maybe five breaths. And you might need to take them several times throughout the process. But here where you're trying to discern the needs of the other person, it shows a deeper level of listening. So it sounds like this is what you need or this is what you need. And if the partner corrects you and says, well, that's not quite right. It's this. Accept the correction. And then share what led you to believe the other need was there. That sometimes helps your partner see that they had a need they didn't actually know they were expressing. And sometimes you're just wrong. (laughs) And whatever it is, when they say, this is my needs, that's what you accept. Does that make sense, Ben? Yeah. You had your pensive face, so I was clarifying. As you communicate through this, when your partner indicates that you've heard them accurately, ask if they're in a space to hear your point of view, so you can reverse roles. What if they're not? Then you accept it and say, can we come back to this in 20 minutes? Okay. What do you do if you're, let's say for the sake of argument, you're doing all this stuff, you're listening to your partner, and then they just never reciprocate this stuff for you. How do you Then you address them? that as a problem. Oh, okay. It's its own conflict. Yeah, it becomes, it's, it's a meta conflict, but let's not get crazy. Okay. That Um, might be time. It's my job to get crazy. And that might be a time to reach out for a third party help. If you're starting to fall into that meta conflict where someone's not listening, one person's doing their best to hold space for the other, but the other person isn't holding space for them, having a third party and going to talk to a counselor or religious individual if you're inclined towards that and asking for help. That's a good point. So... Let's say, for the sake of argument, that your partner is ready to listen to you. You're going to want to share your view as succinctly as possible, and hopefully your partner will do. 
what you've just done for them. Usually because you've been calm and collected and open and reciprocating and loving and caring throughout all of this, they're able to model that behavior back. So witnessing it from you makes it easier for them to replicate. It's especially true if you get them to listen to this podcast. There you go. We go step by step through it. You can just... Every time you have a fight, you have to come back to this episode and listen to it again. And pause as we that, go through how, the steps. How valuable would that be? It'd be great for us. It's great for them too. It's a lot less expensive than seeing me individually. That's true. That's true. Once you feel like both sides have been heard and represented and the conflict is open as far as understanding where they are, join together, both sides of the table, you and me, kid, against the world. But you're looking for solutions that meet as many needs as possible. You want to uplift both partners' needs as equally important. Measure any solution against meeting those needs. This is the concept of unity. Do you ever, uh, I don't know about you, Kim, this is maybe a question for Papa. Do you ever like bust out a notebook to like take notes on your conflicts? Yes. I feel like it's yeah. a lot of stuff to track in a conversation, especially with emotions involved and you're talking through something that's probably complicated mm-hmm. and trying to hold and understand your partner's deep beliefs and, and emotions and needs and then also express your own. I highly suggest and it. Then Do you guys remember growing up that there was a whiteboard in my office? In your office or yeah. in your house? The office in my house. But right. you remember there was a whiteboard in there. You also had a board in bathroom. your bathroom. That's the one I remember. But that was for magnet poetry. Yes, that was for magnetic poetry. A uh, whole different thing. But the, the one in my office is the one where Mama and I would come down when we had conflict. And we would actually work through this process. I don't remember that. Nice. You wouldn't have been in the room when we were I don't it. remember yeah, the whiteboard like, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, I remember a whiteboard. It was right yeah. over there. I remember. Anyway, I highly recommend well, okay, so use... You, And I preach it all the time. Use external tools, write things down, draw pictures. Sometimes emotions are more than words and it's easier to draw an image just to get it out and work through that. And sometimes for people who learn that way, having visual graphics helps. I'm going to show this to you like we're doing a video podcast, but I draw out an image for my clients all the time. Two stick figures facing a canyon and you're looking at how do we compromise and what's the true conflict and how do we resolve that? And being able to write it out so that you're seeing both sides and how do we approach this? Who's willing to bend to what degree and what is the true gap that needs compromising? Or needs a new solution. So actually, Kim, you bring up a great point. What is the true conflict? Because a lot of times the conflict that happens is between solutions one individual has thought of for a problem rather than actually understanding what the problem is. We fight over solutions more than we fight over problems. Now, I like to come up with problems that don't exist. That's a whole different thing. It's called generalized anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) They're a therapist who specializes. your diagram's great, writing it down's great. Seems pretty seems pretty easy and straightforward coming from a pair of therapists. You really think regular folks can figure this out? I know regular folks can figure this out. They Absolutely. might need extra help if the conflict is too big or has waited for too long to be approached. In which case, yeah, go seek external support. 
if it's a newer conflict, if this is a relationship where there isn't built up resentment or other underlying tensions, yes, I strongly believe that people can approach this by themselves. And it's a skill that you can learn and practice. It's, it's not magic. It's just a skill and you have to practice it. A great deal of this depends on your attitude toward the other person. Interestingly enough, it's not about how much you love them. It's about how much you like them, admire them, appreciate them, what they add to your life. That's what makes the difference. And how much you respect do you feel, them. Do you feel like this is one of those situations where you can almost love someone too much? It gets in the way. Yes. That's the yielding too far and not vocalizing your own needs or your own problems. Yeah. If you remember the quote of the day, I'll just repeat it quickly. True love isn't found, it's built. One day, one kiss, one conversation at a time. It's that building that's really important. And in order to build something, you have to have a positive attitude. And in my experience, there are five attitudes that are particularly helpful. Are you laughing? We at talked me? about them in season one. Yeah, I say the same thing over and over again. You get old and you forget what you've said. For those of you who may not remember, there are five attitudes. And these attitudes cultivate a sense of safety and resiliency. And that supports the ability to manage conflict. Those five are willingness, and that's the willingness to be present, the willingness to be influenced by your partner, the willingness to share, to confide what you're thinking and feeling with your partner. The second one is priority time that I give my best time, the time where I have my best energy to my partner when that's needed. And I'll organize my life so that I can give them priority time. The third is positive intent. So acting in a way with your partner that is always about uplifting and supporting the relationship. The fourth is goodwill. That's receiving your partner's interactions with the best possible interpretation instead of the worst. Our partners are not going to get things right every time. Neither are we. But if we start with a sense of goodwill, they're not trying to hurt me. They really do want to share something with me. It helps. And then the last one is grace. Grace is forgiving somebody before they've hurt you because you know it may happen. And the reason you want to give grace is because you will make mistakes that inadvertently hurt your partner. And you hope that they will be willing to forgive you even before you've made that mistake. So those are the five. And one thing that I tell couples all the time is, you don't get married on your wedding day. You get married every day. Through this whole discussion, we've, we've listed a lot of different words. Earlier, we were talking about honor, respect, love, caring, and unity. Don, you just gave us a whole other list. Willingness, priority time, positive intent, goodwill, grace. I mean, listeners, write them all down, I guess, if we're taking notes and using whiteboards. But it seems like the kind of theme is that Paying attention to those words, those ideas, those behaviors will help grow a relationship that can deal with conflict when it does arise. Yes, absolutely. That's all I got. You want to say something? It's work to be mindful and intentional in your behavior, in your communication with the people that you love. And a lot of times when we come home, we don't want to work anymore. We want to set down the burden of work and just be who we are. Then Christ you better that. make who you are somebody who is honorable, respectful, loving, caring, and wants to unify. That's the deal. Yay. Just make that who you are. It's still work, but do the work to not have to work. I don't know. To, that doesn't to, really make any sense. 
to make the work part of your natural behavior, your habit. Yeah, no problem. Knock it out, listeners. Thanks for listening. Hit us up on Facebook and stuff. We'd love to say hi. All right, that's it. I'm wrapping it up. I'm done. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, until then, enjoy the drive. Thank you for listening to The Relationship Road Trip. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we want to know what you think. So write to us at questions at afpsych.com. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or subscribing with your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes of the show at relationshiproadtrip.com or wherever you download podcasts. The Relationship Road Trip comes out every Wednesday at 7 a.m., so don't forget to tune in next week. The Relationship Road Trip is brought to you by Azevedo Family Psychology, where they are dedicated to helping you create a life worth celebrating. You can learn more about their services at azevedofamilypsychology.com. This podcast is produced by Bear Cave Audio. Bear Cave Audio provides a range of audio services from original composition to podcast recording and editing. To learn more, go to bearcaveaudio.com or email ben at bearcaveaudio.com. Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back and may the sun shine warm upon your face. Thank you.